Hey, you're listening to Local Band, Local Beer, 88.1 WKNC's interviews with bands performing at Local Band, Local Beer. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast via iTunes and then join us every Thursday at the Poor House Music Hall for Local Band, Local Beer, sponsored by WKNC, The Poor House, and Younger Brother Productions. Enjoy listening. 88.1 WKNC. This is DJ What's Her Face, and I am accompanied by Texoma. We'll be playing local band, local beer, along with Dragmatic, who you just heard if you were listening earlier, as well as Rob Nance and The Lost Souls. And you just heard one of Texoma's tracks that was Be Always. So how about we start off and have you guys introduce yourselves as well as your members who aren't currently here. Sure. Hey, so uh, I'm Zach. Um and with me here is Robbie. Howdy. And so the two of us were able to make it over through the crazy I-40 traffic from Chapel Hill. And uh, we're going to meet up with the rest of the gang tonight down at the poorhouse for Load In. And uh, that would be uh, Mr. Randy Jones, who Randy plays Jones. our drums. And uh, Linus Owen Garney, who's on guitar. And Mr. Mark Simonson on keyboards. Awesome. So I was doing a little search earlier, and I saw that you guys described yourselves as dust rock. So I was wondering, what exactly, where does that description come from? What does it mean? It's not one I've seen before, to be honest. Yeah, we did make it up. We were claiming it. We're first to, first to call it out. Um, <laughs> it's basically, you know, like uh, we love classic rock. We're heavily influenced by classic and southern rock, um, as well as some of the old pop uh, classic rock stuff. So, um, we're obviously not a classic rock and roll band cause we're current. And so basically right. if you picked up an old dusty stack of records and played those said dusty records, that's kind of what dust rock would sound like in, in our terms. That's such an artful way of yeah. terming it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. We're in our thirties, but we've got the soul of a 75 year old. <laughs> yeah. And then that's kind of trans, uh, transformed a little bit, the genre. Um, we started as, as dust rock, and we had very kind of alt-country-themed songs. And um, that, that I guess mainly I brought the table to start with, but the beauty of it is that um, once we kind of played those songs, um, got those kind of under our belt, then we started just writing songs together as a band, um, as you know, true five-piece. And uh, you know, up until like even last night, we're writing new material. And the newer stuff that we're doing, we've got probably – about 10 songs now that have not been recorded um are all they all have a a little bit different twist to them they're a little bit more poppy um and so some of those kind of popped out like the one that we just played was be always some of that uh, popped out in there um and folks have come to start coining us as uh as vintage power pop um so now we just call it uh yeah um so we've we just call ourselves now dust rocks and vintage power pops so that's our that's our genre yeah. So, I don't know. I was like, when I first joined the band, they were like, yeah, it's sort of alt country. I'm like, well, what is alt country? And they're like, well, it's like country, but like in rock and roll style. I'm like, I think that's just rock and roll, like <laughs> Stones or Dire Straits or Bonnie Raitt or uh, yeah. Wilco or the band or, you know, on and on and on. They all played like great country songs. Yeah. Yeah. So, yep, here we are. Thanks for having us. Yeah, no problem. So, you guys come from a variety of musical backgrounds and just kind of wondering if you'd cover a little bit where you guys come from and who influences you. Yeah. So I, I had like, uh, 
two very distinct periods of my childhood that were directly affected from my parents. Uh, the first half of my childhood um, was very much uh, back porch bluegrass. Um, when I was in like elementary school, I lived kind of in the middle of nowhere in, uh, in Appalachia. And um, these like 90-year-olds that lived down the, the dirt road from us, um, they had like the standard traditional, you know, pig picking and bluegrass uh, jams on, on Sundays, which, which now has become extremely popular in, uh, in pop culture music, um, kind of to the thanks of Oh Brother, Where Art Thou?, um, which was it was actually a great article about Oh Brother Where Art Thou that that actually kind of like destroyed rock and roll music a little bit because now everybody just wants to play like this kind of like hey ho let's clap our hands <laughs> and while most of that is very good very yeah, very good there's not um, as many there's still some really good ones but there's not as many kind of emerging just kind of like rock bands coming out anyway that's a rabbit hole that I just went down. Um, but that's, you know, that's where I kind of grew up, um, and used to go to the Doc Watson festival. Um, now it's called Merle Fest and, uh, kind of grew up immersed in that scene and that culture, um, listening to, uh, I don't know, a variety of, of bluegrass music. Um, and then, you know, some Grateful Dead kind of stuff. And, um, the first song that was, or not song, but the first album that was ever given to me as a child, as a present was actually Leonard Skinnerd Skinnerd's Innards. So you can imagine how listening to a bunch of bluegrass and then like being given like a uh, you know southern rock album um kind of like you know blew my mind a little bit it was awesome uh, working for MCA was like the best song that uh that I remember as a little kid I love <laughs> that song How old were you? Um I was you know uh like third or fourth grade or something like that. Um and then uh then I moved with uh with my dad and then we um they were like super classic rock like uh like Aerosmith and Rolling Stones and like just you name it. Um, so crazy different variety of, in- of uh, influences. And then once I kind of like branched out on my own, I've kind of gone all over the place. Um, I've played in, you know, college cover bands playing all those old Aerosmith songs and um, Jimi Hendrix and just kind of like the standard list of cover songs that any college rock band should play. Um, I played in, a, I've played in string bands, um, you know, at a, at like, background side music for you know um rehearsals and and weddings and that kind of stuff and uh, i've played in like a you know super whiskey fueled um folk rock band um and and now i'm stoked to play in this band because it's kind of like a, a really cool culmination of all my influences and um and i get challenged uh all the time from from the from the guys and the, the members because we're we have such diverse backgrounds yeah, it, I think I think my first tapes were uh, like Michael Jackson time. and MC Hammer, and then my first CDs were uh, well, like Pearl Jam, Don't Hippo Pilots, and Green Day. Yeah, yeah. And I was in the marching band. I was, this is the first time I've been in a rock and roll band. And <laughs> for anybody listening who's curious, it's just as much fun as it sounds. I recommend that you all <laughs> do this if you have the opportunity. Um, and then I, I played. I was a drummer. Well, I owned a drum set. And that's what I played well enough that I felt like I wasn't embarrassing to like have people hear me play that. And Zach came up to me one day. He's like, hey, Robbie, we need a bass player. You play bass, right? I'm like, well, I, no, I play drums. He <laughs> said, well, you play guitar, right? I'm like, well, I, I, I own a guitar. And they're like, fine, show up on Thursday. Randy has a bass you can play. Yeah, so now he's our bass they player. They just kind of threw yeah. you on it. Yeah, and he's picked it up super fast. And it and, worked out. Yeah, super talented. Yeah. Um and then the you know the rest of the the members have just backgrounds from you name it. It's kind of all over the place. 
um, indie rock and roll, um, you know, a lot of like replacements influence. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of that recently. Um, you know, recent influences like uh, Wilco. I can't deny that they've been a big influence on me over the last couple of years. Um, and I don't know, all kinds of stuff. Right now I'm listening to to Beyonce's new uh, album, Lemonade. It's oh, yeah. way better than uh, I thought it was going to be. I highly suggest to listen to it if you haven't. Yeah. And it was really the visual album that like brought me into it because it, it really, I mean, she didn't write all of it, obviously, but she had like 40 writers. But as a collaborative piece of art, it's pretty cool. Um, but then I'm also like res- listening to like Red Fang um, a lot too, which is just kind of all over the place. Yeah, someone introduced me to the concept uh, not too long ago that it doesn't have to be good to be enjoyable. I had developed into a bit of a music snob at one point in time. It's- <laughs> Some people do, and then uh, so I've been listening to a lot more pop radio since then, and it's really fun, even if most of it's crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So let's talk a little bit more about your music, in particular the record we were just playing off of. So that was what was the name of it again? Is it just uh, self-titled? That was our first um, the album. album. It's called The Prospect. Okay. And the prospect was uh, was the name of a song off of this little EP that we did about three years ago, just to get some some music out. Because before we ever played our very first show three years ago, we wanted to have music on the internet for people to listen to before they came to the show. So we did like a three song EP. So there was a song off of there called "The Prospect," and um, that name carried over to the name of this album. But the song didn't. Right, right. Because we already recorded the song. Interesting. So. We- yeah, the prospect is, um, you know, I think like. It has a lot to do with the time in, in our lives right now, um, for, for, at least for me. Um, I just thought it was a cool name. It is a cool name, but it, it's kind of like it the prospect of like something the, the and it's meaningful better it's that's better. out there. Mm-hmm. Like, like right now, I'm like, and a lot of people, at least in my age, in their early 30s with kids, are kind of scrapping to kind of like etch our place in the world, right? So we can like try to be as successful as we can. And so as you're looking out upon these vast horizons in front of you, um, there's, there's a lot of options. There's a lot of opportunity. But, you, you know, you have to choose your paths carefully, right? Um, make the best decisions that you can. So there's all these prospects out there for you. Um, it's also the prospect is also in reference to like a big tract of land mm-hmm. and like the prospectors like going out west to, um, to like stake their claim back in the day. So it's kind of a dual meaning. I also I mean, see that as like uh, prospecting, say for gold, may require a small plot of land, and like a bunch of toil and digging and mining or panning, yeah. and hoping that yeah. you find something. So similar themes. <laughs> yeah. Would you say that the songs in this album sort of reflect those ideals? For sure, for sure. Um, yeah, be always, which we just played, is just kind of like the idea of. Like, hey, I'm trying to make it in this world, and I really love you, and I hope that you'll stay by my side and be with me always through all of this. Um, the next song that I, I think we're going to play in a minute is called Rearrange, and that's a story about kind of like thinking that you're there and that you have it all figured out, and then all of a sudden just everything gets flipped upside down and turned around, and you have to totally rearrange your life and like try to make do, but then like kind of after it all settles at the end of the day, you're actually kind of like just the same person doing the same thing. So, like, you try to rearrange everything, but then you really just don't because you kind of are who you are for the most part. Um, and then there's some other themes that carry through the album, um, you know, that, that have to do with that. Um, Apple Butter is the next one on there, and that's just 
you know, a song about really loving somebody. I wrote that about my wife. Um, there's a song called uh, Behind the Times that's on there. And Behind the Times is like um, the world's moving super fast around me, right, or us, and um, trying not to, like, get caught up in it too much. Um, and trying to, like, but at the same time do what you need to do to survive. Um, what else is on the album? I can't even remember all the names of the songs. That's Marianne. Marianne is a song about... Um, uh, someone who like feels real entitled, they should like get something that they didn't work for. Um, and then some of the other songs are from you know from from older. There's like a murder ballad on there uh, that I, wrote, I co-wrote with a uh, with a buddy of mine a long time ago, Daniel, from another band I played in. Um, How about we play one of those tracks? I've been talking a lot about it. <laughs> so cool. Yeah, you want to play rearranged? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Cool. So if you're just tuning in, I'm here with Texoma, who are going to be playing at Local Band Local Beer tonight at the Poor House in downtown Raleigh, along with Dragmatic, who we just interviewed, and Rob Nance and the Lost Souls. So keep it locked, and this track you're about to hear is Rearrange. It's 88.1. Gone by, I can still taste the. 
88.1 WKNC. This is DJ What's Her Face, and I'm accompanied by Texoma, whose song you just heard that was rearranged off their album, The Prospect, which we were talking about a little bit earlier. So I guess leading into that, how was the recording process for that album? I know it was like a year ago you guys put this out. Is that true? Yeah, and we started mm-hmm. March. March. Right? I, I really months? I don't pay that. So much not attention. not even a year ago. Yeah, I think it was March. Quite recently. Remember. Sorry, that we started a long time ago though, because we, we, we started, threw it away three times. We uh or twice. Yeah. So we, we practiced in Randy's basement and we started recording it there. And then Lance was like, I got some mics and stuff and he's got this beautiful house with this big open room. And we started recording there. I got several tracks like most of the way there. And then Mark, our keyboarder, is like, I happen to have Studio M in my backyard, it's like a professional recording studio. How about we do it there? And we're like, okay, we'll just, you know, fill in some holes at Mark's studio. And then we recorded like one thing there and we were just like, oh, that sounds way better. <laughs> yeah. So we scrapped the previous tracks and started over. <laughs> Not do the self recording. Yeah. I think between, uh, between all of us, um, like Linus, um, he, he went to art school um for college and uh and part of that was like learning how to to be an audio engineer uh, or like a recording engineer and like mix and master everything yeah um, so he, he makes basically the whole album yeah and, and mark our keyboard player like you was saying yeah has a has a, a professional studio and so like the resources and the knowledge between all of us we just it was all diy um yeah we mic'd everything and played everything mostly live so the songs that you hear um you know the drums the guitars um the leads and stuff like that, the keyboards were, were all uh, live, but we did go back and uh, overdub a couple of things here and there. Cause, uh, but, you know, the same point, there, there's some minor flubs here and there if you listen real real close that we kind of left in there. Um, uh, but all in all, yeah, it was, it was super fun. Um, and, you know, we just, uh, we only made like 100 physical copies of it because everything's so digital now. Um, mm-hmm. We get a ton of streams online and, um, you know, between Spotify and Apple Music and like, uh, Bandcamp and Reverb Nation and like the list goes on. It's really easy to get your music out digitally these days. So, um, not a lot of physical copies, but um, it's no. uh, it's readily available to to stream and listen. To. Yeah, and you have some of those tonight at the show. Yes, we will have physical copies. Yeah, we will have them at the show. Um, that's actually the best place for us to move them is at the shows, and um, we don't charge that much for them. Just basically to get our uh, our costs back for printing them. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we'll have them. Yeah, you can find them at Bandcamp or whatever major, major, uh, whatever streaming service or purchasing service that you're currently married to. I will say that when we were recording, I think Randy was the most frustrated by starting over. Randy, <laughs> the drummer, yeah. Randy believes that you should like, he would be happy setting one mic up in the middle of the room uh, and playing through the song once and being like, yep, that's done. We're done. Let's do something <laughs> else. It's recorded. We can move on. Yeah, it is. A, it can be a challenging challenge sometimes. Um, just all in all, because um, there's a million different ways to record an album. Um, you know, basically like two plus three equals five, and four plus one equals five, right? So, um, wow, yeah, that's uh, basic math for you there. Good so this was my first recording experience, and I was, uh, you know, we we wanted it to. Now I know we wanted to, we did want it to sound like a real live sounding album, not really you know very layered studio album with you know different effects or fades or you know, impossible to play in real life things. Um, but 
it's still hard. It's really hard, even if you're just trying to stand in a room and play. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot more nerve-wracking than you would think. Like, you know, at least for me, like, I'll sit around the couch and, you know, play and for the kids, uh, my family and friends or whatever, and be totally at ease. I'll play a live show and for the most part be totally at ease. It's always good to be a little bit nervous because, you know, if you're not nervous before a live show, something's probably wrong. You should There should be a little bit of nervousness going on. But, man, when you, like, put the headphones on and you're mic'd up and, like, you know, especially if you're paying for studio time, it's a game on, right? Serious so you gotta, business. Yeah. And yeah. Which was so fun. So I don't know if we told you this, but we were having such a hard time with Zach and his vocals. It's like when you're in front of a crowd and you're playing guitar, it's like right on, it's totally rocking. But when you're like in a room by yourself with headphones on, like you're not singing as loud right. and you keep adding, like you've been listening to too much Beyonce. Right. <laughs> like, ah, yeah. like just throwing it in there. And we're just like, just sing it like you normally do. It was. Yeah. Why and like, so where hard? should I put the emphasis? So hard, I wouldn't have right? expected that. I would have thought it'd be easier when you're just like alone instead of. Uh, it seems that's, like it. That's yeah. an interesting perspective. Plus, everything's just under the microscope. You know, you play it back, and it's just that, or it's you know that is louder in the mix than what you would hear it on the CD, so that you can really listen to it. And yeah, I mean a bunch of that stuff. Then later, you find out it just gets buried in the mix, and it <laughs> doesn't matter as much. <laughs> yeah, no, I get, I get. You know, when they press record, like it's not even like we're. It's not thirty years ago. It's not like we're burning through hundreds of dollars worth of you know tape or something like that. It's just a, you know, Linus just goes, oh yeah, let's do it again. Click. Delete. Yeah, we were fine. <laughs> but yeah, but um, you know, we are uh, mentioned earlier. We we've got about ten mostly new songs that we haven't recorded that are more of along the. Uh, there's a little bit of dust rock in there still, but uh, we'll more of the vintage power pops than dust rocks. So but, is that something you're <laughs> about to start working on, recording those ten songs? We we think so. We think so. We um we were talking about it last night, and uh, we think we're gonna kind of back off of playing live we've been playing live a whole lot uh mm-hmm. recently and if uh, if anyone out there is listening uh who's seen us live thank you so much for coming out to our shows in the past we really appreciate that and uh and just anybody in general who's checked us out that's uh it's it's an honor thank yes. you very much so we're going to try to take a basically a break between now and hopscotch and try to get a bunch of these tracks down so are you guys playing hopscotch day parties or the day like parties that? uh nothing's awesome. like been announced quite yet so officially oh, no sorry fingers crossed <laughs> officially no Oops. um yeah there's <laughs> no. a lot of stuff up in there but i i think we'll probably make our way over on saturday uh for something here or there um but yeah we want to have mostly new songs ready to go for that and uh if all goes well um if we can bust it out in a weekend because we know the songs um minus a couple of lyrics that still need to be written um, yeah, hopefully we'll have something ready. Yeah, and we'll have some of those songs ready tonight, so I hope that people can come out Ooh. and take a listen. Things to look forward to. So where can our listeners, I know you talked about it a little bit, um, but where can our listeners find information about shows you have coming up and your music in general? Yeah, um, so the best place is just www.texomamusic.com. And... Uh, Texoma is T-E-X-O-M-A. It's pretty much Texas and Oklahoma smashed together. It's a real actual place. Actual place. Um, oh, really? I was born there when I was a little kid. And, I hear it's uh, just as it, exciting as it, it sounds. Is it in Texas or Oklahoma um, or neither? Well, there's Lake Texoma, and Lake Texoma is in both Texas and Oklahoma, but the surrounding area um, is just called Texoma. And so I guess technically it's in both yeah. Texas and Oklahoma. It's kind of like Washington, D.C. It doesn't belong to anyone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. A place where time has stood still. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a cool place. And um, I still have family there, so I, I travel back there 
uh, maybe once a year or so. Um, it's cool uh, talking about like the prospect vast landscapes. It's like this kind of like beautiful area. Um, it's also like very unforgiving, yeah. and you know, twisters in the summer. Been there. I just imagine it looks like the Roadrunner cartoons. <laughs> like a desert and <laughs> it's no there's more foliage than that there's okay. more trees and the cool thing though is that you can drive 70 miles an hour on the two-lane back roads it's amazing texas is a big like place legally? but you can get from point a to point b <laughs> so, really fast. When, so let me get this straight the best part about it is that you can leave in a hurry <laughs> <laughs> oh no i wouldn't go that far I so you can get there far. in a hurry there's a lot of love over there um but yeah, so uh, texomamusic.com to get back to the uh, to the original question. And on there, there's links to all of our social media stuff. I mean, we're on uh, Facebook and uh, Instagram and Twitter. But I will be honest, we're really bad about posting stuff on social media. Because um, honestly, it doesn't really seem like it really resonates that much anymore. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but Facebook isn't what it used to be like seven years ago for when it comes to like talking about your music and stuff like that. I mean, you can put it out there. It's a good place to... Uh, for people to see it. So if you want to go there, you're welcome to. But um, when you do posts and stuff like that now on Facebook, they, Facebook's done a really good job of suppressing all that stuff because, and then you know charging for it. Right. Um, oh, so yeah, you're they've been it. super profitable. So instead of like if we, we post a like, uh, hey, we're playing this show on Facebook, it doesn't yeah, show Yeah, whereas up. like, if, like um, even a couple of years ago, you would get just hundreds of whoever. like, because it, it tells you like this post reached and it would be like, you know, hundreds of people. Now it's like eight Eight or ten, unless you want to pay three dollars, you know, and if you pay oh. three bucks and like Man. you know, fifty people will see it, and it's it's ridiculous. So we we like played that game, and it's it's dumb. Yeah, so we don't play that game anymore. But we're on Instagram. Instagram's yeah. fun because you can kind of like portray how you view yourself as you know through pictures. But it's more social media is weird. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then we're on Bandcamp, and uh, uh, we have some stuff on Reverb Nation. But TexomaMusic.com is probably the best place. Awesome. Is there anything else you'd like to bring to light? It's about time to start wrapping up this interview. Um, I just want to say thanks to my family and my friends and my buddies uh, for letting me play music and playing music with me. And thanks to you guys for uh, for hosting this weekly show. And yeah. uh, and a big thanks to to um to uh, the Younger Brother Productions and of course the Poor House who puts this show on. So yeah. local beer, local bands. Uh, a really awesome event and uh it's just a great like um you know example of you know a group of people really supporting the local music scene and the local beer scene so no and it's just uh, a lot of great bands and the sound is really good at the poorhouse it's a really fun place to come see a show so if anybody listening hasn't seen a show i recommend that you you come out big throw out to uh to jack kane too that he's the sound guy down at the poorhouse and it makes he's our, the man he makes our job a lot easier yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's for sure so thanks jack if you're listening Awesome. Well, thanks for coming in. Um, how about we play one more track just to close things off? Sounds good. Yeah, let's you finish up with Riverside. Riverside. Sure. Uh, sure. So Riverside's um, uh, second version. We did have this one on the original EP as a very slow murder ballad. Now this one is like a really fast barn burner. So this is more of our kind of like true dust rock versus the vintage power pops. It's a fun one. So yeah, it's fun, and we'll play it tonight. Awesome. This is 88.1. Keep it locked.
of Satan. 